Hi, girlies. My name is Alicia Gogan. Welcome to the Glow Up Secrets podcast, where I help you expand your minds and become more self-aware so that you can glow up into the best version of yourself. And if you're a guy that's listening as well, I apologize, but I just call everyone girlies. So that's just the thing that we're doing. Okay, episode two, I am feeling like I love podcasting, like I'm a true podcaster, even though this is only my second show. But um, let me just have the spotlight here for just a moment, okay? All right. So today we're going to be talking about self-hate, self-sabotage, and inner child healing. These three things are so important for you to understand when it comes to self-love. I think we're all after a sense of self-love, loving ourselves on my TikTok. TikTok? Girl, what? TikTok. <laughs> That's what I talk about a lot is like how to love yourself and um, building confidence within yourself and trusting yourself and just kind of being good with yourself no matter what. That's that's where I am at. Now, am I going to say that I'm 100% confident all the time? Absolutely not. But I have built over the years a lot of confidence within myself. I trust myself to make the right decisions for myself, um, to be good no matter what, all of these things. So I'm very, very passionate about talking about self-love. Now, recently on my TikTok, I have created a Healing for Hot Girls playlist or video series, I guess. Um, there's four parts. So if you want to go look at that, you can. But I'm basically extending that series into this um podcast episode. I think most women's goal is to love herself more. And I think with social media and socializing and trying to live your best life, you end up getting faced with the reality of who you are and your inadequacies and what you look like. And uh, the thing is, is sometimes we want to change that. And sometimes we even hate on that. We hate on ourselves, our looks, our behaviors, even our characteristics. So today I want to talk about what I believe from the research that I have done myself on the root cause of self-hate, why you're unable to love yourself and how telling yourself that you're good enough and you look good in the mirror without really getting in touch with your inner child is going to be hard for you to sustain. Now, I'm going to make a quick disclaimer here. I'm not a therapist and this is just my own research and my own life story. I'm going to be giving examples of my own life. Um, So, I mean, take with it what you will. (laughs) I just kind of have to say that because I will be talking a little bit about um, inner child, just like, you know, growing up in development and things like that. But without further ado, let's get in to the root cause of self-hate. Okay, I'm all about finding the root cause of things, right? Like if I'm doing something, I want, not only do I want to stop doing that thing, but I want to know why I'm doing it in the first place. And I find a lot of people, even in the health and fitness space, you know, it's like, I know what I'm doing that I don't want to be doing and I just want to change that. And we get caught up when we don't, look deeper at the root cause and what ends up happening is of course we continue to do behaviors and act the same way and and then we start to get frustrated with ourselves but anyways we'll go we'll go into that but 
we need to we need to go back to the beginning here. So we're just gonna we're gonna take it back a little bit, a little bit of a history lesson. Now I'm not no history expert, but I'm gonna give you what I know to be true for myself and for most people. You come into this world whole, with no beliefs, no ways of being, no opinions. You're just a child, like seriously, an infant. And you don't really have any preconceived notions of the world or anything like that. You also come into this world highly dependent on your caregivers because you're an infant. Literally, if, if your caregivers are not giving you food and water, or at that case, milk <laughs> and, and um, physical touch, then your survival is literally on the line. So we're highly, highly dependent on the people that are closest to us that take care of us. And usually it's the parents. And your body is designed to do everything it can to get what it needs to survive the best way that it knows how to. Now, key point, we're going to come back to this, but the best way that you know how to survive. Okay, let's just keep that in our minds. And if you forget, it's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. So because we are dependent on other people, we start to conform. We start to split off from our natural whole being, which is love and pure and expressive and very, very primitive. And we have to split off from these primitive parts within us, our desires, our needs, our wants, because we are highly dependent on our caregivers, which means we now have to identify as one way and not the other. So that way we can survive. Now, this also happens when we get socialized and just in our general life circumstances. You know, when you go to school, you have to be one way and listen and and not the other way and throw a tantrum and all those things. But before I give you my personal story, I want you to know that this is a normal adaptation as we grow into children. You know, you, you grow out of things and you become more mature and more responsible and you know, you start to meet your own needs versus relying on other people. Like it's, it's a normal process of development, but it becomes an issue when you end up having to rid so many natural parts of yourself in order to survive and to get acceptance and love because that's, that's what we're after, right? But it becomes an issue when we are so, so young and we start to have to split off from primitive parts within us. So let me, let me give you a personal example. This is a part of my life story. So that way you can kind of really understand what's, what's happening here. Okay. I'm going to give my dad as an example, because what I will say is, is usually the person that was the hardest for you to get closeness and love and attention and affection from is the one that's probably going to be the most dominant in your life in terms of their influence on you and how you conform to get closeness with them. Because you are literally designed for survival, for closeness, for love, attention, all of these things. So you're gonna do what you need to do to get to this person. And if it's really hard, we're gonna have to do what we need to do to get acceptance. So my personal example, my dad was really strict. He lacked emotional presence. He didn't tolerate crying. He wasn't compassionate. He wasn't loving. He wasn't affirming. But... That's my natural essence of being a small child, right? Is to express my emotions and to need that love and the the affirmations from my parents and to cry and to make mistakes, all of those things. So if that's my natural essence, but it wasn't tolerated, 
which identity will keep me more safe? Meaning which identity identity would keep me closest to my dad? The one that cries, needs love, affirmations, presence, or is it the one that would please him the most so that I don't get yelled at so that I can get the most primitive needs met? I'm going to take on the latter. I'm going to take on the identity of what my dad needed me to be because I am primed and I am made for survival. So I take on the identity of a child who listens, who doesn't fuss or fight, who doesn't say what they really want to say in fear of not feeling safe because at the end of the day, I was afraid of him. He was very strict. He was a tyrant and I needed to feel safe. So I'm not going to do anything that is going to create an environment for me to be unsafe. But now let's take this a step further. When people see me with him now, or even on my own, people are going to look at me as, oh, she's a shy girl. She's so good. She's so independent. She doesn't cry. She's so responsible. Oh, we will totally babysit her. She is such a good kid. So this is what I'm getting mirrored in my life about myself. So now this is what I believe that I am. I have taken on this identity of an independent child to keep myself safe. And it's getting reaffirmed in my reality that indeed I am an independent child. But the problem is, is that's not fully who I am. Because I am also a child who has emotions, desires to express herself, makes mistakes because she's young. She's a child. She really likes and actually really wants somebody to affirm to her and to tell her that they love her and to hug her and all of these things right? Now, let me give you another quick example before I move on. I also really loved gymnastics and dance when I was younger. I really loved dance. It was just so good. I still love dance. But my parents ended up not being able to afford it. So now I have also made a split in my identity, once again, from being the girl who wants to dance and likes to dance. But because I couldn't dance, because I didn't have that opportunity, I'm getting mirrored in my my reality as someone who doesn't dance. And I suppress that part within me that is a dancer because my environment, my circumstances didn't allow it. So I want you to see here that it's not just the parenting that could be going on that is going to affect, you know, how your identity forms. It also can be like your circumstances, like maybe you just didn't have the money to do the thing that you truly desired in your life. Which is important to realize, you know, it's, it's not even to really blame my parents, but it's also not to say that I'm not a dancer. I am a dancer. I just didn't have the circumstances and, and financial stability to be able to get put in dance. Okay, so now you can see just two of many different splits within my identity, right? And this happens to all of us throughout Especially childhood, because this is what this, this is what's going on in childhood. But even as you get older, you know, you know this too. You know this because you know you're one way at work and in a different way with your friends and a different way with your boyfriend, right? People bring out different sides of you, which again, it's 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 a beautiful thing. I think it's amazing that we're multidimensional human beings. I think it's amazing, but it becomes an issue when we start to suppress the parts of us that are actually truly us. 
okay, so you might be thinking, okay, Alicia, but why is this so wrong? You know, like I just said, it's just life. We have to turn into something and we have to be one way and not the other, you know, for work or for relationships and all these things. And like I just said, it, it does start to pose an issue when your most primitive natural needs, like feeling love and safety and validation and your natural desires, like your hobbies that you really, really want to do in life are not given to you. And the thing is, if you've lived in a dysfunctional household, which is actually the norm, it is not the minority, then there most likely are many identities that you had to take on that didn't allow you to have the balance of getting your natural needs and wants met, as well as obviously growing and developing. So here's a quick little question that you can ask yourself as I'm bringing you through this podcast episode. This is also going to be a journal prompt that's going to be in my ebook that I am going to be releasing for really cheap. I'm going to talk about it after this podcast here, but here's a question that you can ask yourself. Who did you need to become to get what you needed in childhood? And what did you have to suppress in order to get those things? Think about that for a second. Think about the examples that I I gave you. I started to identify as a child who didn't need to express her emotions. I didn't need to cry. I kept it together all the time. I'm responsible. I don't, I don't make mistakes. That's not me. Can you see how there are so many different parts of me that I've suppressed? Of course I did because we make mistakes. We're children. We have primitive needs of feeling loved, even if we tell ourselves that we don't want that. That's why sometimes when I talk about self-love and the self-love community, there's a lot of, there's not a lot, but there, there's some people in the self-love community that are like, I don't need anyone. I don't need love from anyone. I can just give it to myself. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about all that, but okay. Anyways. Okay. So now we know that, you know, we've, we've made a bunch of splits and there's things that we didn't get in childhood, but what happens when we don't get these things? Like what actually is happening here? Remember when I said we do anything we can in the moment to get ourselves in survival mode? Well, these primitive wants and needs that we weren't able to have in childhood cause deep pain and suffering, a loss almost. I want you to get this. When we don't get our needs met or our desires met, it creates this deep loss. It it creates this emotion of I'm unloved, I feel abandoned, all of these really hard emotions, right? Okay, so I want you to keep that in mind. For me, one of my primitive needs that didn't get met was to feel safe. I didn't feel safe around my father because I was scared of him. So now I am carrying this fear within me as a child and I am trying to Act one way and not the other so that I can stay safe. But that emotion, that deep pain of feeling unsafe is still there at all times. So this is what starts to happen. We start to learn how to cope with this pain. We learn how to self-soothe. Remember, when we are young, we don't learn proper ways to cope with the feeling of not being loved and affirmed and being allowed to be ourselves. Especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional home. There's nobody there explaining to you 
oh, it's okay, you know, daddy doesn't really, like, he doesn't really show emotions like this, but he really does love you. Um, or, you know, even though that we can't pay for your, your dance classes, like you are a dancer and you can still dance and we're going to find a way, you know, when, when you live in dysfunctional homes, usually this is not happening. You don't usually have somebody that is working through these emotions with you. So you do it yourself. Now, before I talk about self-sabotage, because that's where we're, that's what we're moving into. I want us to all take a moment and honor our beautiful, young, smart selves for trying to regulate deeply painful emotions the best, that, the best way that we could. Once I started to look at myself for who I am and how I coped and the self-soothing that I tried to do as a child because of traumas, essentially, I have so much more compassion for myself. So much love, so much love for that, that little girl who didn't know how to feel the pain of not feeling safe and not feeling loved. And I want you to take a moment and just honor yourself because we all do this, okay? Before we start to talk about self-sabotaging behaviors, I need you to know that you are protecting yourself when it comes to self-soothing and coping. At such a young age, we are literally primitively so smart, so smart. Okay, so this is key. We learned to cope from feeling the pain of not getting our needs met by trying to get them from somewhere else, from somebody else, or from something. You guys, this is what you call self-sabotage. And... I'm saying self-sabotage because we all know what that means, but I need you to start thinking about self-sabotage differently. Like I just said, this is actually protection. It's a form of protection. We are not actually sabotaging ourselves just for the fun of it. These behaviors and these coping mechanisms are just that. Coping mechanisms to try and make ourselves feel safe. So I'm going to give you an example of how I coped and how I self-soothed when I was young. So I was afraid of my dad. I was alone a lot of the times. There were many emotional needs that I wasn't getting that I didn't know that I wasn't getting, but I felt these emotions on a primitive level, on a subconscious level. So what did I do? I found anything that would make me feel better. And at the time I'm young. So of course I, my brain is not developed enough to actually know what I need to tell myself or to get the resources or to have conversations with somebody else in my life about the the feelings that are coming up because I'm so young. So what did I go to? I went to candy. Girlies, when I tell you candy was my absolute vice, bestie, lover, it's an understatement. Like five cent candies from the store, chocolate popsicles, Anyone who knew me knew I was obsessed with candy. Like more than probably like an average kid. Like it wasn't like, I mean, we all know kids love candy, but literally it was absolutely a form of attachment. And I knew that from like a young age, but I didn't know why. I just like, like that was like all I could think about at any moment. I would like, I remember even when I was growing up, like, (laughs) I would babysit like my first ever job was like babysitting 
And every time I would make money, I would literally spend all that money on candy. It was insane. Like I loved it. I still love candy now, but it's, I don't have that same relationship with candy. But as you can see, without me realizing it, this was a behavior that kept me feeling happy, safe, and not alone. That, that's a key that's a key takeaway with with my story here is it made me feel safe and not alone. I'd be sitting in my room feeling very, very unsafe and alone because my dad was very emotionally distant and I was around him a lot. And to cope, well, if I had candy, then I felt good. I felt I didn't feel alone. It made me feel happy. Now, that was just one behavior that I picked up. We pick up many different behaviors in childhood um, that maybe aren't consistent throughout, but they basically have the same theme. Like we're picking up these behaviors to help us cope. Now, some behaviors aren't super unhealthy, like physically, you know, like, um, some people, they play with animals or they, they escape, um, by reading books. I know that's what my mom did in her childhood, but the, the key thing here is that it's still an escape, you know, and that's great. I'm, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for you because that like when we're in when we live in dysfunctional homes, like we need something to escape. And, and those are the things that we use. But it becomes an issue when we rely on that so heavily to escape emotions. And then we grow up and we're still escaping these same emotions by using these behaviors. Right. And for me, like the health implications of emotional eating we're absolutely endless. You can only imagine. Like, I mean, a kid can ha- only have so much candy before it's like, okay, um, your teeth are going to freaking fall out, <laughs> you know? So this becomes, this coping mechanism becomes, obviously becomes an issue because depending on the, the behavior that you're doing, of course, you're, <laughs> it's gonna, most likely it's unhealthy or you're escaping reality or whatever the case is and you're not like being present in, in life and playing with, with kids or whatever your vice was, right? It, it becomes a bigger issue when you grow up and now you want to change or you have to change because you're growing up now, which means you have to socialize, you need to make sure that your health is good, you know, like these behaviors start to catch up with yourself and you start to become hyper aware of these things, especially as you get older and you and your brain starts to, to develop. So let's let's go back to my story for a second here. When I was around like 16 years old, what was going on when I was 16 years old? Well, I was in high school. All the girlies were wearing Hollister and I had a tumbler, which was like pure like bikini, like beach girl vibes. So naturally, I wanted to look like these girls, like, duh. (laughs) But we can even explore this further by asking the question, well, why did I want to conform to these girls or like with these girls or look the same as them? Well, because I wanted to look good in clothes. I wanted to have the nice body that they had so that I can look good in the Hollister clothes. But why? So people could like me. Well, why? (laughs) Because it's a normal primitive thing to want. This is the thing that I want you guys to take away from from this part of my story and what I had to realize as well. It is not inherently bad that you want to look like other girlies, you know? Like we all want to look hot and, and cute and get our nails done and our hair done and all of these things. It's a normal primitive part within you that wants to have these things because that allows you to be a part of the pack. We are pack animals. We want to be included and connected because ultimately that equals survival and love and safety. So I want you to not be hard on yourself 
for wanting these things within your life. But the thing is, of course, when it rules your life, it becomes an issue. So let's go back to when I was 16 years old, right? I wanted to conform. I wanted to look like these girls. Da da da. What did I start doing? I started dieting. But the thing is, it never worked because I kept going back to sugar. Why did it never work? Because I had this behavior, which was sugar. I loved candy. Like I didn't grow up eating a super healthy diet so that I could have a super hot body. Like no girly. I was growing up eating like toaster strudels and freaking chicken nuggets every day. And I thought that having a salad with 1800 grapes in it and raspberry vinaigrette was super, super healthy. (laughs) I honestly laugh at that because I remember the times that I was, I started dieting and like literally I would come home and I'd be so drained from school and I'd be like eating calf cookies and hamburgers all day. And I would come home and like, oh, I'm going to be on a health kick on a health diet. And I would have like three pieces of lettuce, literally like a whole bag of grapes and raspberry vinaigrette douse it in that and like thought that I was like super like super eating clean and it was like it's like healthy right but it's just like the amount of whatever I'm not even gonna get into that it's just like I think it's really funny anyways poor me didn't know better like truly did not know better this is like one a time this is when literally like internet didn't even really exist like obviously the internet exists but like social media I mean didn't really exist so like I wasn't like researching diets and stuff like that like I don't know maybe I got it from a freaking magazine or something I don't know I don't know who told me to eat that but that shit was good not gonna lie Okay, so back to me wanting to diet and lose weight so that I can look good and, you know, be accepted and loved by people. The thing is, though, I kept failing. Every new diet, workouts, even when I would stick to them, I just didn't feel like I was ever really there yet. I'm sure you I'm sure some of you guys can relate, you know, like I remember when when I was young, me and my friends, it was always like throughout the winter, okay, we're going to go on diets and we're going to just like be super hot for summer. Like, I think that that's like a normal thing that most women, unfortunately, like go through. And um, obviously it's not good, um, not good for the mental, but that that was my cycle for a long time. And over the years of dieting, my self-confidence actually got worse because I took on the role of my father, the tyrant. And a quick little takeaway here is usually you take on the the role of the parent that kind of dominated dominated you or left the biggest imprint on you. Now, this is not always the case, but like for me, it was. Um, so I was very, very strict on myself because I knew like subconsciously I picked up traits of being a strict person because that was my dad and that's what got me close to him. If I acted like him, then I was in his good books, right? So naturally, I'm taking on some of his traits. And so I started being really, really hard on myself when I wanted to do something and then I failed at doing it because I was going back to eating, emotionally eating. And this is when I started to hate myself. Like I really started to hate myself. And I think, again, I think we all go through this stage when we're young, you know, we're trying to conform and um, life, life kind of mirrors our, our, our true reality and our true essence of ourselves. And, um, maybe we don't, we don't stack up against some of the girls that we went to school with or, 
um, we don't have the nicest clothes or the bodies, our bodies don't look the same. And um, it's definitely damaging. And, and what we do is we basically just pull out the inner tyrant within us and we say, no, do more, change. But we're doing this because under all of this wanting to change is the need for love. Love, acceptance, acknowledgement. Maybe it's something different for you, but basically that that's where it stems from. And that's what I talk about a lot on my TikTok. It's like, I know you want to change your body and you want to change your looks, but I want you to see something. I want you to go to the root right now and see where this is all stemming from. Okay, so two things happened here when it comes to hating myself. And this is usually what happens when you start to hate yourself or like you, you don't like yourself and you, you want to change. Okay, so the first thing was, I hated my body because that's not what got me what I needed in life. And like I had just mentioned, the root of that was basically love. But on a surface level, in my mind, it was like I literally just like want girls to like be my friend and guys to like me, right? But a second thing was happening as well. I hated myself as a human being for consistently going back to these self-sabotaging behaviors because I was I was not allowing myself to get the body that I was trying to get so much, you know? I wanted this thing so bad and now I'm hating on myself because I can't get that thing no matter what I do. I'm just not doing good enough. I can't stick to a diet. I keep falling off. I keep eating, all of these things. So there's two things, you know? I'm, I'm trying to get something to, to meet a need, but I'm also hating on myself because I can't get that need. And you can see how this becomes a downward spiral of hating my appearance and hating that I'm not the I'm not the one that's doing enough to to um, make these things better. So again, this is another awareness piece here. I just want you to think about your own your own life story here, and just think about the spirals that you have been in. Okay, so again, what's going on here? I am now in this state of self hate. I want something. I'm not getting it. I'm hating on myself for not getting that thing. What What is going on? Well, remember when I said we learned when we were young to cope from feeling pain, okay? Well, the sabotaging behavior kept coming back because I was in pain. And the moment I took that coping mechanism away, which was the eating candy and just eating in general, the part of me that learned to cope by eating said, uh, what are we doing here? If we don't eat to numb the pain, we will not be safe because feeling the pain of feeling unloved and unsafe is a threat to our survival. And this is really important for us to understand. And this was one of my viral videos on TikTok that I had made. And I basically said, if you know why you self-sabotage, but you keep doing it anyways, then this is for you. And I talked about how... There's parts within you that are doing this self-sabotaging behavior because it doesn't feel safe to drop that behavior. Why? Because the part of you that is doing this behavior is trying to protect you from this pain that you first felt when you were little. The pain of dad doesn't love me. The pain of I feel so unsafe and so alone right now and I, I don't know how to soothe myself so I'm going to eat because that's just what I know. So I want you to understand this and again, honor yourself and give yourself some compassion here. 
You don't hate yourself for no reason. You don't do self-sabotaging behaviors for, for no reason. There's something going on internally. And the thing is, that self-sabotaging behavior also kept coming back because I was trying to take it away without understanding why I was doing it. I thought I was doing it because I had no willpower. And with emotional eating, it tends to come back full force because, of course, we tend to restrict everything possible when it comes to dieting and not take it slow. So it was just, it was really coming back. So that's why, like, if you're dieting and you're, especially if you're an emotional eater and you don't have, like, the healthiest relationship with food, sometimes it can feel like, holy crap, I'm really sabotaging. It's, I'm really going back to my old ways is because usually just diet culture in general makes it so we feel like we have to literally restrict absolutely every every bad food. So now I want to talk about internal resistance, right? We have parts within us that are trying to keep us safe by coping. We we have emotions that we have suppressed by coping. And there's a lot of internal resistance that is going on here. Now, I learned this from Teal Swan. I freaking love this woman. She is just absolutely brilliant she's she's more on the spiritual side so um i mean she's she's pretty palatable regardless even if you're not very spiritual like she touches on inner child healing and parts work and shadow work and all these all of this stuff i've learned a lot from her um so i would definitely like listen to her if you if you want so let's bring it back to my internal universe that's going on within me right now i had a part of me that was trying to protect me from feeling emotions through eating. But I also had a part of me that hated that part for overeating. And instead of being on the same page, I wanted this part of me to stop doing it, to stop eating. One part was trying to keep me safe and another was trying to meet the need of feeling loved through manipulation, aka changing my body so that I could get love. So you can see how there's two conflicting parts that were in me that were on completely different pages. One thought it was keeping me safe and the other thought, well, I'm trying to get what I need to get here and I'm going to do it the best way I know how, which is to conform and to change my body. And I think that's how people will love me, right? Because even when you're 16 years old, like really and truly, I still didn't have the, I still didn't have the tools to understand like, what like what love is and like how I should be getting it and maybe a healthier way right now you probably just heard me use the word manipulation I said there was another part of me that was trying to meet the need of feeling loved through manipulation aka changing my body I use that word because that's really what it is it's unconscious manipulation I am trying to get my needs met by changing my body or dating the wrong men or caring too much about social media, all of these things. I'm trying to get my needs met basically through a side door. So instead of getting my needs met directly, I'm getting them in an unconscious manipulative way. And, and you can kind of, um, think about this more when it comes to like being manipulative and when it comes to like actual relationships, you know, it's like you get into a relationship with somebody and it becomes toxic and all of the the actions that you're doing really at the end of the day you're just trying to get this person to love you but you're not communicating that with them but that's deep down what it is that you're trying to get so that's why I use that word it's not really a bad word but I mean that's what I use 
So there's that part of me doing that unconscious manipulation, but I also have a part of me that is trying to get its needs met by eating because my subconscious mind thinks that we are six years old and we need to eat. So as you can see, there's just, there's so much disconnection going on here. There's so, there's so much disconnection there. We are not on the same page. There is absolutely no relationship between my internal parts right now. Can you see how that's within you? Can you sit here right now and just think about the things there, there's parts of you that want to go one way and there's parts of you that are actually keeping you safe and in turn, you're going another way. Okay, so now you're probably saying, okay, Alicia, I have recognized that I need these things that I didn't get in childhood, but I want to love myself, but I can't accept myself in this state. What do I do? Now, this is my approach to loving yourself. And of course, you can do it any other way, really. But I, I truly think, as I said in the beginning, that like, if you really want to love yourself, like you got to, or you, you want to even change anything about you, you got to go to the root cause. You know, you got to, you got to understand why it is that you are the way that you are. This is what my podcast is all about. It's self-awareness. It's just trying to make, th- make things make sense, right? So my approach to loving yourself is that it involves radical self-acceptance and inner child healing. I think this is the best combo on how to actually go about self-love. So let's get into it. We need to have radical self-acceptance or self-acceptance. I just like to say radical, but (laughs) it's really fine if we just say self-acceptance. Now, self-acceptance is not you looking in the mirror, seeing yourself for what is and, and telling yourself, actually lying to yourself, saying, I love every inch of me. Yeah, I love my looks. I love my body. It's amazing. Gets me everything that I want. I, I totally believe that I can get guys. I totally believe that I can get this career. I have, I have so much confidence in myself. No, <laughs> that's, that's not, that, no. Radical self-accepting is accepting your current state and your current reality. You are accepting the fact that you're not where you want to be right now. You are basically accepting the truth of your reality. Now, this can be hard because you have to sit with the fact that, you know what? Right now, um, I don't I don't love myself. I see a body in the mirror that I would like to change and I don't like it. Um, I haven't been taking care of myself. I desperately want to feel loved and I don't feel like I can get that love. You are finally being truthful to what and who you are. I think this is absolutely so important. How are you going to change something if you don't really and tr- truly look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself. And I'm not saying like be honest with yourself and put yourself down and be like, yeah, your body's disgusting. No, I'm just saying like be truthful to to yourself. Do you actually love yourself when you when you write down these affirmations? And obviously this is for somebody who doesn't believe this. If you believe this, amazing. But try it. Actually, I want you to try this maybe tonight. When you write down these affirmations, I love myself, what feeling comes up? Because I can guarantee you the, the feeling of actual self-acceptance and love does not come up. There's almost like a stuckness, like, uh, that doesn't really feel right. Yeah, because it probably isn't right because you probably don't love yourself. So I think it's so crucial that we just become very, very truthful and real with ourselves. And it's okay. And we're, we're kind of scared to do that because we're scared to sit with negative emotion and it's understandable. But 
we'll get into that. Okay, so that's that's the first part, right? Of 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 stepping towards this this self love is to accept our current state, our current reality. But we also need to start to heal our inner child. Now we just did a lot of self discovery, self awareness when it comes to, you know, we didn't get things, we didn't get our needs met in in childhood, and we have desires that maybe didn't come to fruition for whatever reason, and. We want to feel better and accepting our reality is great, but it's also like not going to cut it, right? Like we want to go past just self-acceptance. And this is where we need to get in touch with the part of us that is trying to cope and protect us from the pain that we endured as a child. This is very, very crucial because this is the part of you that will not stop when it comes to self-sabotaging behaviors that you think that that you that you consciously know that you don't want to be doing anymore, right? These emotions that you don't want to be feeling anymore. It makes you feel worse about yourself when you're doing these behaviors and you can't stop them. And if you want to stop them, you have to understand how to even have a conversation with these parts within you. Because remember, this is just you as a child that's trying to cope. So you can do this with ther- a therapist, right? Of course. Um, internal family systems is like a type of, of therapy, therapeutic practice that you can do. You can find a therapist who does this. But any type of like inner child work, um, parts work or like shadow work with a therapist you could do. Or you could do parts work on your own. Parts work is getting in touch with the parts of you that are coping, finding where it first began to cope, why, and what it is protecting you from. This is, this is going to be the most crucial part of, of your journey within yourself and your inner child. You, you need to understand, like for me, I, I gave you my story, right? It's like, I know why I do the things that I do because of my past and I, and if you want to move towards self-love, it would be very helpful if, if you do that same process. So doing parts work allows you to do this because sometimes we don't necessarily know where we picked up this behavior or why we're doing this behavior. And I'll give you a quick breakdown, but I'm not going to go into detail with the parts work. But like I said, like you're getting in touch with the parts of you that are coping. And basically you're you're taking on the part of you that is doing this behavior let's say or anything even if you're the tyrant and you want to stop being such a tyrant you want to stop being so hard on yourself you're going to be taking on the energy of the part of you that is like a tyrant at all times and that's super strict you're going to take on the consciousness of that part of you you're going to try to understand it you're going to be asking questions like why are you acting like this? What is it that you're trying to get from acting like this? What do you feel? Where did you first come from? All of these things, right? So I have a parts work example playlist on my TikTok. If you go to my TikTok on the top of my page where my three pinned videos are, there's a little bit, there's like a little slider with playlists. I did a few examples of of parts work so you can see how I do it. Now, again, I'm not a therapist, but I just show you guys it's been really really helpful for for a lot of you guys who watch my TikToks on how to um kind of have that dialogue with your part because what needs to happen is you need to look at the part of you that's coping, understand it and see what it needs instead of looking the other way. You have to think of this part of you as your inner child because that's literally what it is. But this is another crucial part when it comes to parts work because at the end of the day, guys, we want to heal. 
We want to feel better about ourselves. We want to stop doing self-sabotaging behaviors. But you still have to be aware that it's not just some stupid behavior with, with no meaning behind it. There's meaning behind this behavior. And if we don't come at it in a form of understanding and trying to have a relationship with this part of us that's creating this behavior, it's not going to go away. You can't just say, okay, I'll do this work so that you can stop sabotaging so that I can get what I want. And what sometimes we do is we go, we try and do parts work and we say, okay, what do you need? Uh, okay, where did you come from? Where do you need? What do you need? Okay, like how long is this going to take? Like we need to go and get the things that we need to, to get in our lives. That's not going to work because again, you have to think about it like a child. If your child was screaming to the top of its lungs or crying or really, really sad, would you tell it, okay, shut up and let's go? I mean, maybe you would, but majority of us would probably not do that. (laughs) You know, you see a child who's really, really hurting. What do you do? You sit with it. You become curious. Why are you crying? What, what's the root cause here? Let me be with you. Let me sit with you. This is what we need to do with ourselves. Okay. This is important. This is, this is what reparenting is. You have to want to sit with this part without change without demanding of it to change. You want to come at this part with unconditional love. And again, you can see my examples on my on my TikTok if you want to see, or you can even Google it or get the, the, the book No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz. I do have an Amazon shop with all my book recommendations that's in it if you want to really go deeper into this because this is the work that really needs to be done in my personal opinion when it comes to healing your inner child. Like you might think you know what this part needs, But the truth is you're not really going to know until you actually sit with it. Maybe all that part needs is for you to sit with it and allow it to cry and allow it to feel the feelings that it never got to feel. And for you to talk to that part and say, I freaking understand you. And I am so sorry that you felt so unsafe in your childhood. And I know that your dad was not there for you, but I am going to be there for you now. Every day I'm going to be doing things that are in your best interest as well as my own. I'm going to take you as a part of me every day. I am going to not overwhelm you. I am going to make decisions that are based on what you need as well as what I need, right? This is a relationship that you're going to continuously have with this part within you. And what you will find when you do parts work is over the course of time, over the time that you start to show up for yourself, this part feels safe. This part feels like I don't need, I don't need to cope. And if it feels unsafe or feels any of these deep emotions that come up, because they will come up, they absolutely will here and there, especially if you get triggered by something. But the thing is, the more you do this work, the more reliant this, this part is on you to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to, you know why? Because I have a relationship with other parts within me that actually take my interest into their own. I am a whole human being now. I am integrated. This is what integration is really. It's to take your parts within you and to stop anno- um, annoying, <laughs> to stop abandoning because Although it was not your fault, at the end of the day, that's what's happening is you're abandoning yourself, your parts by looking the other way. This is also where self-distrust comes from. I'll go into it in another podcast, but when you really feel like you can't trust yourself, it's because you have parts within you that don't trust you. That's what's happening. 
So let's tie up this podcast episode here with the question, when does self-love come? Does it even come? Will I ever love myself? And this is my personal take and opinion. You have to understand that the feeling of self-love, it comes by doing the internal work. It comes when you reconnect with the parts of you that don't trust you. Self-love to me, in my opinion, is to love your inner child. When you start looking at yourself like a child almost, in a way, it sounds weird, but it's true. The, the instant love that you have for yourself, even if it's not like a lot of love and, and it's going to take you maybe a while for you to really accept the parts of you that really didn't get you what you needed in childhood and even as you grow up, you are going to have so much more compassionate, uh, sorry, compassion for yourself. It's so easy to love children and it makes it easier when we look at ourselves like that. So this is why I love inner child work so much. And when you start to reintegrate these parts within you as a part of you, because they are a part of you, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, that is when you start to feel whole. That is when you start to feel self-trust. And this has been my personal experience within doing this inner child work. I naturally started to eat better. I naturally started to care about all parts of myself. I naturally wanted to get into a healthy relationship because I knew that I was honoring the parts of me that really needed love and attention and acknowledgement and affection. The way that I started talking to myself changed because I realized I'm talking to my inner child, okay? To say negative and hurtful things to myself is only hurting my inner child more. I'm not trying to do that anymore. So much healing, so much love and confidence comes out of this process of reintegration, of self-healing. It's absolutely, it's beautiful. It's just the most beautiful process that I've ever been through. And I mean, I'm sure some of you maybe have been going through it right now. And it's, 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 it's honestly, it's life-changing. Once you get in the state of feeling whole and love and confidence, you also become a match to more love and wholeness and confidence and abundance and people that know how to meet your needs, etc. Now, I'm going to save that for another episode when it comes to the subconscious mind and how you become a match to the people and, and places and things around you and, and manifestation and all that. But I want you to get this first because, again, I'm not going to go too much into it, but when it comes to becoming a match to healthy relationships and, and friendships and abundance and all of the things that you I know that you want in your life, it's going to be very, very crucial for you to do this inner work because all of this work, all of your inner child, all your parts within you reside in your subconscious mind. And that's all I'm going to say about that because again, we're going to go into that in another episode. But I just, with this podcast coming to an end, I want you to realize that your inner child wants you to see her or him if you're a guy watching this or sorry, listening to this. The question is, are you willing to listen? And with that being said, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Now, I have created a 
little ebook journal prompt guide, I guess, journal that you can purchase if you would like. If you're kind of really new to this and you want a few journal prompts that can kind of help you like you know, like be a little bit more aware of your, of who you are and who you had to become. And, um, just to start becoming more self-aware, because again, this is what the podcast is about. This is what my, my, my whole essence is about self-awareness so that you can become the best version of yourself. So, um, I'm, the price is going to be under $10, like very, very cheap. Um, it is going to be like, you can either, do it online by like filling it out online or you can print it, print it, um, and fill it out yourself. Or you can even just like get a piece of paper and look at the prompts. And I also am going to be including podcast recommendations, book recommendations, and YouTube recommendations that all kind of tie into like the inner child stuff. Now it's not all of my recommendations, but it's just like some that kind of go with the theme. Um, so when I have this podcast out, you can go check my link in my bio, either on my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio, and you can find that there. Um, so kind of keep updated with that if you, if you're interested, but without further ado, I I think that's a wrap. I hope you guys got to see that there is so much more going on when it comes to the feeling of self-hate and not knowing how to love yourself. And my goal is for you to not feel so much shame and of course hate towards yourself for for having this mindset or or for doing these specific behaviors or having these desires that you're suppressing within yourself you are a human being that needs love and needs attention and acceptance and acknowledgement and you have desires that maybe you weren't able to allow to come out when you were younger but it doesn't mean that that's not you and to go into this journey of self-discovery is going to be transformative for you and the person that you are going to be after you go through this this inner child healing it's you won't even know you won't even know until you do it And, and coming from personal experience I have literally transformed into someone that I completely had suppressed within me. And I'm still continuing to heal and grow. And every time I do parts of work and every time I go deeper and and sit with my emotions and not be afraid of myself anymore, the the transformation and and the level of really the the level of energy that I start to frequency on is impeccable. It's truly impeccable. And um, again, I'm going to go into another episode about all of that as well. But yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done talking. Thank you guys again for listening. I I have set a date for podcast episodes to launch every Sunday. You can find this on again, Apple or Spotify. Please leave me a rating. If you could, that'd be amazing with a little review. Five stars, please. That'd be great. And of course, follow me on Instagram at the glow up secrets, TikTok at the glow up secrets. I talk about little snippets of the things that I talk about in my podcast. And um, I'm also going to be doing a Q&A so I don't know where I'm going to collect your, your questions. It'll probably just be on um, Snapchat. Sorry, Snapchat. Are you good? Girl. <laughs> Instagram stories. 
um, I'll ask you guys some questions that I can answer in an upcoming podcast. But without further ado, I love you. I love your inner child, even if you don't love your inner child right now. (laughs) And um, I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye for now.